the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. If this is your first time to listen, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for coming back. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my dedicated wingman. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll continue in our series on voting and faith. Last week, we talked about having a voting heart. And this week, we will talk about having a voting mind. I'm going to say some very serious things in the next half hour. And I'm going to ask that you give these thoughts your serious consideration. We are at a critical time in our nation's history, and although we hear that before every election, I think we all have a sense that this is different. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, you founded this nation and protected it throughout history from external and internal enemies who would obstruct your will. And though we have turned away from you, we who strive to be faithful seek you today. Help us, O Lord, to walk in faith and truth. Help us to speak words of encouragement. And may all within the sound of my voice be emboldened to take action which is pleasing to you, and in accordance with your plans for this great nation. We pray for the United States of America and for the opportunity that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, last week we talked about some of the amazing changes which are taking place in the country. I also said that we're on the eve of a decisive victory, and those of you who listened may have been unsure. In evidence, I talked about Franklin Graham's prayer march that he led through Washington, D.C., which included the Vice President of the United States speaking at the Lincoln Memorial. And we're about to appoint yet another conservative justice to the Supreme Court. I have no doubt that we're on the eve of a tremendous opportunity, but we must press home our effort to preserve this nation under God. 
As Christians, we know that God will give us the desires of our hearts. And if our desires are for a nation under God, then he will grant those desires. But we must make our desires known. And with regard to the upcoming election, we will do so by voting. So although things might seem complicated if you watch the news or rely on the Internet for information, they're simpler than ever. This election is not about personality. Identity politics is another diversion from the true and critical issues at stake. This election is not about race, though what we decide with our votes will have far-reaching racial implications. This election is not about economics, though what is determined will lead us either to prosperity or the abyss of socialism. And this election is not about divisiveness or anger. That, too, is a distraction. Plain and simple... This election is about faith. Less than three weeks from today, we'll have the opportunity to vote our faith. And as we know, our faith is the spring from which all else flows. And so I'd like to talk about that with you today, not to sway you one way or another, but to highlight some of the strategic implications of the upcoming election. Christy, before I forget... Would you help us to know some of the resources available in our voting? Absolutely. My pleasure to do so. So uh, most importantly is to make your plan. Whomever you vote for, uh, make your plan. And so you can start that by going to harrisvotes.com. That's harrisvotes.com. Now, obviously, that's if you're in Harris County. If it's outside of that, you can you know, Google voting details and you'll be able to find your county and that sort of thing. But go there. You'll find all the details. Um, I found there that early voting starts October 13th and that's through October 30th. So very important. Go back to go to that site, make a plan. The other thing is researcher candidates. And I found a a site for that as well. Myfaithvotes.org. Great site. Helps you really determine um, you know, the, the dif- different platforms and what people are for and against and that sort of thing. So do that research. Uh, that's myfaithvotes.org. Thank Learned you. one other quick thing. One in four Christians don't vote. So this is our time. This is our opportunity. So let's Absolutely. Vote. It's so important. Thank you for that information. It's so important because faith comes before everything. Absolutely, it does. If we don't have freedom of religion, if we cannot pursue our faith in this nation before all else, then truth be told, nothing else matters. It's just coping. Exactly. You're just trying to get through it. And it's going to be hemorrhaging. We will begin the bleeding, and that always leads to the same place, which is the death of freedom. So if faith is the starting place, the Bible is the starting place of faith. That's how we know about our Savior. And in the absence of a Bible, we're like children playing Monopoly, where we're too young to read. Nobody knows how to read the rules. And so we make them up as we go along. (laughs) And there's lots of cheating and lots of shenanigans. That's so true. (laughs) And we cease to be able to coexist. We cease to be able to play the game. Right. Because everybody's making up a lot of nonsense. Right. And so if that sounds like society today, (laughs) I think it's a good analogy. (laughs) Then the next step is go back to the Bible. Right. Go back to the rule book. Go back to the rule book. And, you know, we say that in every show and you could say, "Okay, got it. Read my Bible. But do we? 
Well, not only that, so much of the struggles beneath which we labor are addressed in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so right now we're at this place where they want to, uh, the news media and these evil forces want to keep us distracted with these arguments, which are superficial to faith. And the reason is because they don't want us to vote our faith because 70% of Americans are Christian. Right. And so if we vote, we're powerful. That's a landslide. That's a landslide. In which case all the buffoonery comes to a screeching halt. We vote our faith and reset this nation. If we got in this mess by turning away from God, we get out of this mess by turning back to him. That is why they want so much to keep us distracted with personalities. Who did what to whom? And this appearance on the news and this soundbite and all of that stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a show. It's a show so out there. So <laughs> well put. Simply. It's a show. It's a show. Yeah. And, and you know, okay, so I'm a military guy. There is no doubt in my mind as you study the history of this nation that this nation is founded beneath the hand of a loving God. From a military perspective, there is just too much that had to take place for this nation to be in existence. Um, most people don't know that initially when George Washington took over, uh, was appointed commander-in-chief of the Continental Army, he was the only person in the Army. <laughs> they didn't have any people yet. There were some uh, people serving up in Massachusetts and stuff, but he was the only person in the Army. Most people don't know that there was no gunpowder. He had like 38 barrels of gunpowder to fight the whole war with, and that's why the initial stages of the Revolutionary War were kind of just a standoff. You follow that through our nation's history. Uh, World War II, we're fighting a campaign in the Pacific. We're fighting a, a campaign um, in Europe. And here we are, the United States of America. We are just a blessed nation. And so from whom much is given, much is expected. And we are important to the free world. What happens in this nation has ramifications for freedom everywhere on this planet. And what happens in this nation has ramification for God's chosen people because the United States of America is Israel's best ally. And so we're blessed we have responsibilities. We can't be distracted from our responsibilities. And it makes sense to me that because this is all ordained by God, we are under attack by evil forces whose machinations, there's a word for you, machinations. Mm, that's a good word. <laughs> whose machinations, whose schemings, whose demonstrations, whose shows are inspired by the devil. Lies. Lies. Is that totally nutty, do you think? No, I, I think it's actually very real. <laughs> I, I think so. So, good versus evil, and then freedom. And if you look at freedom and the notion of freedom and man's pursuit of freedom, it has been under attack. And going back to the 20th century, the 20th century was about totalitarian revolts in Russia, in Nazi Germany, in China, in Cuba, and they all had the same things in common. Number one was fear-mongering, manipulating people by fear. Number two was bullying. Number three was the us-versus-them mentalities that they, that they used, uh, whether for 
the rich in post-World War I Russia or whether for other races or whether for the Jews in uh, Germany, there was always an us versus them mentality and a hate for a specific group of people. And young people were always manipulated against their parents when the Chinese Revolution wasn't doing that well. Mao said, well, you know what? I'm going to turn the children against their parents and against the traditions of the parents. And that was when it picked up steam. So that is what we should look at. And we shouldn't fall into those traps. It should come as no surprise that those totalitarian revolts throughout the 20th century all had the same result. Godlessness, hopelessness, poverty, and failure. So we have but to look at history to see what the enemy is doing and not fall into his traps or play his game, and yet everywhere people are doing it. Right. If you look at Facebook for five minutes, all the enemy has to do is dream up some new conversation, and the next thing we're all reacting to it, and the more time you spend reacting to him, that's the less time you spend putting out your own message. None of it's the truth. None of it's the truth. So we need to have this in our minds that this is happening so that when we bring the right heart, to this amazing opportunity we have as Christians in America, we will take steps to do the right thing and not be distracted from our mission. Because in all of these totalitarian situations, the abused populations did not fight back or they had very little opportunity to fight back. Some of them waited too long and by the time they understood what was happening, it was too late. But this is not true for us today, living in the United States of America. First, in recent years, the evil which seeks to overthrow this nation under God has come out into the open with its perverse progressive policies, egregious lies, and violent behavior, which removes all doubt as to their intentions. You've heard me say in previous shows, these things are so bizarre, you can't make them up. And then to cover up their lies, these people want you to believe it's about personality and identity, and it's not. It's about evil's designs on God's kingdom. So we can't claim that we don't know because we know. They've come out into the open. So either we will wait until it's too late or we will take the action that we can take. Number one, it's you turning to God in faith and reading his word. I guess that's number one and two. (laughs) There we go, right? Thanks. And then... I have one. Don't believe what you read on social media. So don't believe what you read on social media because they're just going to tell you that your opportunity is undermined. You don't have, you can't change that. And also don't share information that you don't know is factual and truthful. That's, that's how a lot of this is growing. And people are so much more mean, rude. What I was reading some posts yesterday uh, on, on social media, they wouldn't be that way in their face. Right? Face to face. Don't believe it. Go to the Bible. Right. So those steps, number one and two, number three, vote. The most powerful thing you can do right now is vote because it affects everything else that happens, how your money is spent, how you're taxed, what your freedoms are, and so forth. And that is the truth. So friends, I have a bit of a lengthy closing, which includes Bible verses and some notable quotes. So we're going to skip our normal moment of truth. And the quote of the day, 
But please bear with me because I truly think that this is important to say. The Bible explains man's relationship to his creator, to the world in which he lives, to society, and to other men. Those who wish to overthrow this nation under God must first get rid of the Bible if they are going to try to establish their own power-grabbing, self-serving, and corrupt arrangements. The Constitution of the United States is based on the Bible. It says, man is endowed by his creator with certain unalienable rights. It says that our rights extend from God and that we constitute a government in the exercise of these rights. Our government is empowered by us. We do not derive our rights from our government. If they are to be successful, those who wish to overthrow this nation must pry our Bibles out of our hands and rewrite our Constitution in their pursuit of the repeatedly failed systems of Karl Marx. To do this, they must also undermine the Supreme Court, which interprets and applies the Constitution. Next, because their sad schemes have been tried and have failed over and over throughout modern history, they must rewrite that history. They must rewrite it and then be allowed to teach their nonsense to our children. Let us not forget the part played by children in the failed schemes of history's madmen. And finally, they must undermine the individual who believes in his or her power under God to reject the perversity which is being forced on them. They have five objectives to summarize, attack our Bible, attack our Constitution, attack our history, attack our children, and attack our beliefs in our individual opportunity in God. So let's recap some history. The 20th century was about totalitarianism. Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Mao, and Castro, to name a few, all used various forms of socialism to destroy their nations as they sought to remake them into slave states, which existed for the benefit of themselves. They silenced the voices of those who objected with bullying, and they used the young and impressionable as a lever to pry apart the societies which conserved the traditions of their forefathers. In short, they used the easily duped and naturally rebellious to destroy that which had existed for hundreds and thousands of years. Not only did they manipulate the natural passions of young people in destroying the values and wisdom of their fathers, they also rewrote history to call good bad, bad good, and in so doing eliminated the truth which competed with their lies. The devil's efforts have always relied most notoriously on lies. The elimination of biblical and historical truth must come before his lies in the same way as artillery is used to break down defenses before an infantry attack. And all of the sad, cliched, and failed effort repeated throughout history by society's outcasts relies tragically on the silencing of individuals who endeavor to build what the misled masses tear down with such enthusiasm. As our neighbors labor to build businesses, these bullies burn them down. As individuals struggle to contribute and speak biblical or historical truth, these mobs assault and degrade them. As we struggle to raise families and educate our children in the American values of hard work and self-sacrifice, these indolent and idle usurpers bombard them with hate and bitterness. 
in the same way that they always function as a mob, our tendency is to function as individuals. When things get tough, we get more education and work harder, and in this way, as individuals, we give up the strength of the pack and the herd. As such, we are easy prey. The question before us is, how do powerful individuals function collectively? We do this in two ways. First, we prioritize family and live in community with other believers. And second, we vote. We prioritize family, we live in community with other believers, and we vote. In this way, we come together as a church of individuals for the greater good. And let me say this again. We will overcome the forces of evil which seek to tear apart this nation when we bring our individual faith to bear on our family and the community. And when we vote according to our faith, this nation has always relied on the courage of individuals to define her greatness, and it is no less so today. Christians are 70% of the population. Together and with God, all things are possible. So what does this mean? As the faithless hordes strive to take God out of everything good in this nation, we act and vote to put him back. The separation of church and state offered by Thomas Jefferson has been conveniently misunderstood. As Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black's 1947 opinion, which quotes Jefferson, has also been misrepresented. The idea of an institutional wall between church and state seeks to protect church from state and not the other way around. That is why the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The state cannot abridge our religious rights. That is the heart of this nation and the First Amendment. This is fundamentally important. George Washington and Ben Franklin made the the nation's need for religion abundantly clear when they preferred their life's wisdom in their admonition that nations needed men of religious character. Washington said in his 1796 farewell address, Can it be that providence has not connected the permanent felicity of a nation with its virtue? And Franklin said, History will also afford frequent opportunities of showing the necessity of the public religion from its usefulness to the public to the advantages of a religious character among private persons. Do our present turbulent national circumstances not bear this out? Nations need religion. Our nation was never meant to sail on the stormy seas of history without the rudder of faith. In fact, all the good that we can do individually and collectively depends on this most indispensable support. So we must reject the notion put forth by the enemy that our government should be protected from religion as we use our vote to put religion back in our government. This was never so important as it is today. Vote your faith into your government. So as the enemy seeks to rid our government of religion, vote it back by electing candidates whose record, whose opinions, and whose conduct demonstrate their submission to a Judeo-Christian God. And please hear this last point. Regardless of what the media says, your individual and personal vote is critical. In the context of this election and the overall fight for the heart of this nation, nothing is lost until you fail to vote your faith. And that is Courageous Christianity. So friends, Courageous Christianity is a public ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and that is the context of our life. This show is about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. That intersection is 
a battlefield. Your support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. And should you want to contribute to this ministry, you may do so by texting the amount you'd like to donate to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. For a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. Again, you can text to give $25 or more to 281-800-4940, and you will receive a signed copy of my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. We are grateful for your listenership and for your support. And if you want to catch previous episodes of Courageous Christianity, you can listen to them at kkht.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. Should you want to reach out to us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.